2: He's winning, man! Whoa, oh! I can't oh, believe Jordan's yeah. <laughs>
1: sick! No! He's going to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. He's going his nose. What about to McCullen, Shane? i going to be trying to shake the sweet one after that first one. i try and slide one in there. Fast.
0: Woo! Yeah. Well, you where caught you it. It's out. It's right out. Let's come off Zampers' yeah. yeah. head on his nose. going. You'll college. never see that again.
2: Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook BBL podcast proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host Tim Williams. Today's podcast we will be talking all things Supercoach BBL round nine. We're coming off to what I would call bludges of rounds in the Supercoach world and in the Big Bash world. Uh, We're also coming off at the start of round eight a Matty Short ton last night. What a masterclass that was. Um, We're into some a big time in the Supercoach season, three teams on the double game week in round nine. Here to talk through it with me is, as always, former Sydney Sixers media manager, current Cricket Australia commentator, Maxie Bryden. Maxie, how are you, mate?
1: G'day, Tim. G'day, listeners. Going well? And, um, Matt, I think you summed it up pretty well. Uh, I thought it was funny when you consider what a bludge of a round last was that all of my players uh, from one game last night have scored now more than I scored in the entire of round seven of Supercoach. So BBL Supercoach, what a crazy, crazy game it is we're playing.
2: Yeah, fire, mate. And when I when we say a bludge, I know that I've seen a lot of people sort of mentioning how they've had poor scores the last two weeks, right? say the last two weeks, that being round six and seven, those single game weeks, people haven't free-fallen as bad as they thought. It's across the board. It's been low scores to fairly highly-owned Supercoach players, so I don't think the damage has been too bad as we anticipated. Uh, Also here to talk through it with us is 2019-20 Supercoach BBL champion, Tom Oaken. We're in the presence of royalty once again. Mate, how are you?
0: Yeah, good, thanks. Turn it up, please, Timmy. Um, (laughs) Okay, okay, Maxi. hello, viewers. Look, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Highs and lows, we're all happening. Hopefully, we can talk a bit of sense on today's podcast and be sort of like more Matty short and, um, and less Darcy short, I guess, because that was a bit of a shock for me in round one of <laughs> this game. But um, yeah, it's all happening. We'll try and talk some sense and make some sound advice.
2: Was that one straight off the dome, mate? Or was that uh, you'd been working on that one for a
0: week? Nah, mate, off the cuff, most things for me. But um, yeah, well, sometimes we come out with some
2: good stuff, eh? Hey, Tomo. How's the side tracking at this stage, mate? As I said, we are recording this. What are we? One game into round eight. So the Hurricanes and the the strikers played last night. How'd you end up after round seven?
0: Yes, as I said last podcast, I've hovered around that 400 to 600 mark. I brought in McDermott this week, chucked the VC on him. I was tossing up between Wade and McDermott, but I just looked at the matchups and... What McDermott did last double scared me, so I was like VC straight on him. He came in, and that was very nice. Um, I have Matt Short. Look, most people have Matt Short, but there are a few in the point in that don't, so I was glad to have him in my side. And the rest of the Hurricanes and Strikers players, not so good. Um, Brought Thornton back in, you know, SC Playbook's own Thornton on field. (laughs) He was not so crash hot. Ellis and Meredith already have, and they weren't so crash hot. Wade, not so crash hot, but hopefully the Hurricanes bounce back because they had some good batters. They're bowling, maybe not so much.
2: Yeah, Matty Short was at around about 90, I think 93% ownership I checked in the top 1% of overall ranked super coaches. So it's one of them things where, yes, enormously owned, but when you punch out 173 points, if you're in the 7% who didn't own him, you know, it's, it's a lot to claw back from there. So... Uh, us owners and there's a lot of us we'll we'll take that little win maxi how's your side tracking mate
1: yeah, look, not too dissimilar. I think, as I said last week, I scored a four hundred one in round seven and just climbed one rank from four hundred fiftieth to four four nine, um, which was pretty funny. And I, I think that was a pretty common story across the board. Have uh, started this round pretty well, um, similar to Tomo Jag the VC on McDermott, which was really really nice and um, somewhat undoes the pain that he caused me last season um, by not only missing the VC on him but also missing him altogether when he went absolutely bananas. Look, um, the other thing that was really nice for me last. I was just getting Caleb Jewell. Um, he was a guy that I was prepared to to loop in um, and just take a bit of a punt. And, and look, one of the rules that I, I figured out last year was just kind of follow the form. And um, after what he did at Blundstone Arena between these two sides last round, I thought, look, why not? He's low risk, negative break even. He was cheap. He fitted into my plans. And um, not only am I able to sub him in, um, I can then rev- I've been able to reverse out my trade out of Luke Wood um, for James Vince. So um, one less player for the double, but it means that I've got one more um, after scoring, you know, presumably well enough um, with Caleb Jewell there. So six already for next week, looking all right. And only, I think most importantly, only had Nathan Ellis of all those Hurricanes bowlers last night. I didn't fall into Riley Meredith. So that feels like a massive bullet to have avoided um, opting for the bat over the bowler. And I do have some thoughts on that as well moving forward, which I'm looking forward to chatting to today about some of the, some of the teams that you can target and some of the strategies you can employ for this uh, rest of the season.
2: Yeah, really solid going there, Max. It is big, not not an extensively long episode today, but a lot of good quality content to get through today, obviously with the, the triple, the triple-double, I suppose you'd call it, Um yeah, really, really good dodge on Meredith thus far. I've got him in my side. Uh, obviously, only played the first game of his double, so hopefully comes good in the back end of this one. I was with you boys, had McDermott on the VC, so very happy about that one. The big call, I think, for the VC this round was between he and Maddie Wade. Uh, again, had a bit of a look at the numbers, and I think about 50-odd percent of Supercoaches had the VC on McDermott, and it was about 30, maybe 30-5 to five on Maddie Wade. I thought it might have been the other way around, uh, again, going on form lines, Maxie, but um, it was more so towards Benny McDermott, so happy days for him, and hopefully he can go on and go big again in the second game of the double. Stallions, a uh, pretty poor last round, what I thought, but uh, we've dropped to 39th overall, so again, I, I thought it was going to be pretty d- dire, but not too bad. So still there amongst it and, and hanging around and within striking distance of top spot. But uh, a little bit of ground to make up yet. Uh, just on – a bloke we're going to get too late. I won't even get to Colin Grand home yet, honestly. He can do it all. He just can't do it all in the same game. Um, <laughs> today's episode, uh, pretty straightforward one. We're going to have a quick chat about the fact that the Sixers are on the bye – They're obviously prime sell candidates in round nine. Who are the ones we're going to be holding and which ones we're going to be selling there? Uh, The double game week analysis, we're going to go through the strikers, the stars and the scorchers and our targets in those three sides. Our trades and skippers for round nine and then we will be wrapping it up from there. Guys, if you are interested in the SC Playbook subscription package, if you enjoy the SC Playbook content, uh, it is a great way to support the site for all the time and effort that it's gone into it uh, this season and each and every other season. And more importantly, the money that does come through, large majority of it comes through, uh, and we can put it back into the site to develop things like Stat HQ. Stat HQ, BBL coming soon. We're getting there. We're trying to get in on the final details of it. We're not far off it. Um, Improve the website, Improve the podcast, all sorts of things. Very big plans for the NRL and AFL seasons upcoming. Prices have dropped for the remainder of the season. $20 for the BBL package or $40 for our full NRL-AFL Big Bash package. Um, Boys, let's get stuck into it today, starting with the Sydney Sixers. And before we get on to ourselves from there, a bit of, I suppose, breaking news as the podcast has gone to air. Jai Richardson gone for what is believed to be two to three weeks um, with an injury, didn't finish his final over in the game the other night, which was, you know, wonderful news for those of us who captained him. Uh, He was so good in that game as he always is. God bless Richo. He's done a great job this season. So if we don't see him again uh, in this Supercoach season, that's you know, we'll move on. We'll live. We'll live, boys. Uh, The other one is Dan Sam, an SC Playbook exclusive uh, gone as well. He's expected to miss. It's a groin injury, which is so concerning, especially for fast bowlers. So there's talk that he might be a- available for round nine for the Thunders next game. Uh, I'm not so convinced the Thunder do need to win games, but they'll be pretty cautious with that one. Uh, again, I- I'm not a medic. I don't know these things, but uh, I would say that Sam maybe sits one or two games. I'll start with you, Maxi. What are you doing with Dan Sam's? Because uh, I think I've got to flip him out of my side.
1: Yeah, look, I think he was a he was a straight sell for me. Um, As much um, about his price as it is about the thunder draw. um, With no double game weeks for the rest of this season, he's he's always a great player to hold, particularly in one of your batting spots. But um, he was a really easy sell for me, um, as was Jai Richardson as well um, to start this round. So both of them aren't in my team, um, but. Um, having a look at the draw, the only thing that's going in his favour um, is that the Thunder play a lot of games at um, some stadiums that are pretty average um, in, in quality. The next two games are at showgrounds. Um, they've also got games at Manica, which was horrible to start the season, and the SCG, which has been really iffy, um, and the MCG as well to finish. So um, you'd think if those games are going to have a lot of wickets falling, then his name will be um, on the score sheet at some point in amongst that, even if he's not scoring runs. So, um, I'd love to get him back in when he is in. But for me, yeah, easy sell. Tomo, uh,
2: echoing similar thoughts to Maxi on the sell for Dan Sams?
1: Yeah, I actually saw him
0: last week. I thought he could be out for a while. Um, I actually took a bit of a risk and used the last one of my trade boosts um, last week with low scores. And I thought I can bring Inglis back in early. I think he's pretty safe and not going to get rested. He got dismissed cheaply, so it didn't work for me. But, yeah, I got rid of him. Just You don't want people with injury risk hanging around when there's lots of good options out there.
2: Yeah, agreed, mate. Uh, Dan Sam's gone for me, especially a lot of cash to splash there. Uh, I will say, though, and, and Maxi touched on him playing late in rounds. Uh, once he does come back, I'll probably let him get through one game, and then I'll be looking to get him straight back into my side, especially as the masses do look to sell. Uh, speaking of sales, boys, the Sydney Sixers. Now, as I mentioned, they are on the bye in round nine with three other sides on the double. Um, Who are the ones that we're looking to... There's so many great Supercoach players, and I'll quickly run through the team. Philippi, Vince, Hughes, Moe Enriquez, Silk, Christian, Kurt, Dwarches, Abbott, Jordan, and Stephen O'Keefe, who I believe might be missing a game as well. Um, Maxie, who in that contingent are you looking to to hold through the bye?
1: Look, there's really only two that I think um, are are great hold options um, and potentially even only just one. Um, The first sell for me is Chris Jordan, anyone who's going to bring him in this round, provided that he's named uh, to play for um, the Sixers against the Stars tonight at the MCG. He'll depart after this round, so that's a really, really easy one. Um, The one that's probably a bit more controversial is Sean Abbott. And I think that there's a really nice anti-pod opportunity. We touched on it in one of the listener questions last week. Um, for him, his season average just has been well down um, on his standards. It's only 45 so far. Um, that does include the two um, from the washout game. But even before that, I think it was only about 54 or 52. So he's he's sort of a really a bit of a shell of the player that he's been in previous seasons. Um, still taking wickets, but his economy rate's over 10 for the, for the season, which is just awful. Um, in terms of the holds, I really like Hayden Kerr. Um, I think just batting at seven, one higher position than last year. He's facing enough balls in um, what's really been a bit of a misfiring sixes batting lineup to do damage and score plenty of runs um, with both crafts. Um, and he's bowling death as well without the presence of anyone else to really take up that mantle in the attack. So, death bowler, batting seven, available at bat. He's a no-brainer to hold and potentially be a really good loop option. Philippi's another really tricky one because he hasn't sort of set the world on fire, but um, I know we keep waiting for guys like Marcus Stoinis, and I feel like he's another one that can really hurt you on his day when he does get going. So I feel like that's going to be a bit of a dealer's choice. Maybe his cash is just going to be worth flipping to a guy on the double next week. But, um, yeah, Kerr a definite. Philippi are maybe. And I would say just about everyone else um, you could sell at this point.
2: Yeah, Philippi is the, as I said the, the really interesting one there, and we'll get Tomo's thoughts very shortly. Uh, and Sean Abbott, the Antipod... Again, he's going to be very highly earned. He hasn't delivered yet. Do you back pedigree? Do you back his history in Super H to come good? I think I am willing to, but that's going to be one of the big decisions we have this week. Tomo, which of the sixes are you keeping? And uh, can you elaborate on any thoughts on Josh Phillippe?
0: Yeah, sure thing. I had written down here, he's a bit of the wild card for me. We saw early on it was all about the bowlers and the bowling all-rounders, but we've seen recently lots of runs being scored, Is he the type of fella that might be handy to hold because he can put together a little run, he can score runs quickly? You know, I'm a bit biased, I'm a Sixers man. They haven't been as good, but they're still a pretty decent side, and if they're going to be there at the pointy end, you're going to think that he's going to score some runs. So he's a bit of a wild card for me, I'm not sure. It might depend how he goes this round, so see if I sell him or if I keep him around. Kerr, I believe, is the currently highest averaging Sixer. The role, as we've alluded to over pretty much every podcast we've made, is pretty good. So selling him I would find very hard to do. Jordan and Vince, they're going to other tournaments. They go straight away. Abbott, I think I would lean towards sell. He's still scoring okay, but I think you can get some better options in, especially if you're fl- flipping him to someone on a double. So Abbott a sell for me.
2: Yep. Uh, interesting thoughts there, boys, for me. Kerhold, Abbott... Abbott, I intend on holding, uh, especially with this talk of lots selling. I i am I am probably one for pedigree and and banking on history, repeating more than you boys in the way you're speaking about. I just think he's been so good for so long. Uh, you're right, he has been terrific this year. But his role's still good. Uh, I, I think he'll come good. I think the Sixers are going to be mean business in the back end of the season, so I like Abbott. Uh, and the big one is Philippi. and I'm a bit like you, Tomo, in that this round will play a big part in it. If he hits a 50-plus score and the form is there, it'll be very hard to sell. But even if he hits, say, 220s or 230 odds, at near 100% ownership amongst top-ranked sides, I love him as an antipod just because, you know, he, he can hurt you very quickly. But... At the same time, if you get rid of him, if you if you do flip him, um, it can just be a massive, massive mover for you. So, uh, you know, it could be a decision that makes or breaks your season. But if you're going for the top gong, you, you need players like this. And uh, I don't mind the antipod player on that. That There was a knock. I think it was the one uh, at the back end of December, just after Chrissy against to the Renegades when he hit 55. And he looked exceptional. And then he played mm. that. Absurd! I can't remember if it was – no, it wasn't a reverse. It was a paddle, like a lap, trying to go over short, fine leg. They took the speed off the ball, and he was just smoking them and went straight down the throat of short, fine leg. And you're just sitting there going, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> but prior to that, he was hitting them so good. Um, and off that innings alone, I'm just sitting there thinking, "Geez, I'd hate not to this bloke. So uh, a big, big watch this round. Boys, let's get through to the first of our double game week teams. Uh, This week in Round 9, we do have the Scorchers, the Strikers, and the Stars on the double. I know, Maxi, you're not too convinced on, on a lot of players from these sides. And we'll start with the Perth Scorchers. Mate, who are the blokes here that you're looking to target? And I suppose if you can... If you can give us your thoughts on Lance Morris being released from the the Aussie squad to come back into the side, 62K, the wild thing, very cheap. Uh, And with Jai Richardson out, what does this mean for this side? Because AJ Ty, Jason Berendorf, obviously better for their job security.
1: Yeah, it's a really tough one. And I wish I had the answers here because I think it would allow me to sleep a little bit better at night. Um, but looking at their double, they've got the Brisbane Heat, they've got the Sydney Thunder, and the grounds they play out of the Gabba, which we just saw um, a score of over 220, almost chased down by the Sydney Sixers, um, and they play at the showgrounds in which we've seen a team bolt out for 15 so far this season. I think for me, like the players of note, Andrew Tyre, I just can't see that with the role that he plays, they're going to be able to afford to give him a rest, even though it might be tempting to. Um, Behrendorf, I think, is a big chance of a rest at some point in the next couple of weeks. Um, And then Lance Morris, um, Stephen Eskenazi, the Englishman who will come in and open the batting Um, and even Ashton Turner as well in the middle order, who I don't mind if you consider that a misfiring batting order, misfiring top order, can sometimes provide enough balls for a guy batting down at number five to really do some damage, and especially if he's batting through the surge. Look, I think for me, Lance Morris, I do really like him. Um, He's been absolutely exceptional so far to start the season in shield and and, um, in, in, I think, one-day cricket as well. Um, I think he's a very, very different player to the bloke that we saw a couple of years ago um, running around for the Melbourne Stars. And in 62K, I think he's got the same characteristics of a Henry Thornton, where he's really just going to be frightening batters with his pace, um, even if he's not always, um, even if he's a bit predictable with his line and length. I think he's definitely worth the risk. And I think that they'll be pretty keen to get a little bit of a run into him, Um, especially if Jai isn't fit for finals, which was the really interesting sort of part of Adam Voges' wording today with that injury update. They're going to need a real spearhead um, alongside Ty and Berendorf um, in that bowling attack. And I think he's got all the tools um, to be that guy. So I'm pretty big on him. Um, and if we do get any word that he's going to play um, the first game of the double, even both games of the double, um, I'll, I'm very, very happy to jump on board. And I know that there's a lot of people who even started with him just because of the price and the ability to loop him in late games. And um, I, I think he'll be highly owned and I think he'll be in my team for sure.
2: Yeah, big watch on uh, on a few scorches. And Aaron Hart is one of them who there was a bit of a slight complaint. They said he could have played last game where he did rest, but... If he does get a promotion up the order, man, obviously we had this uh, this round to find out where he was going to bat for them. We don't, which makes it a little bit tougher. Maxi Ashton-Agar will obviously be a key player in the double. Are we expecting him to be back on deck for the first of the double following the Sydney test, which is scheduled to finish on uh, Sunday? Uh, I mean, we've basically had a day's play so far and you'd think we'll get to day five and a full test in, um, although the way South Africa been going, they could be rolled in the next hour if they ever get back on, on the deck. Maxi. Do you think Agar will be available for the first of the double?
1: Yeah, I think I think it will be. The last day of the test is the eighth. I don't think they play until at least the tenth or eleventh. Um, might not might not be that. Yeah, the eleventh. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's plenty of time. Short trip up the road from the SCG to the Gabba. Um, Tomo knows that flight pretty well. Um, I, I, I think he will be fine. And um, Look, he, he was a little bit underwhelming so far this season. Um, Agar he didn't really... I think he had one score over 20 with the bat and he hasn't taken a lot of wickets. If uh, his price and available at bat bowl, you know we just we know we love that kind of player. Um, so he, he'll definitely be watching. It, but I think he's a safe bet to um to come straight back into this squad. We saw last game as well, Jai Richardson batting in seven. Like that, that was a really long tail um for the Perth scorches. So he's 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 a really crucial part of their lineup. And um, yeah, I think he's a pretty safe bet for people who um who want to get on him for the double.
2: Tomo, uh, over at the Scorchers, your thoughts, and why I'll probably touch on, because Lance Morris is going to be such a big talking point, and Matt Maxie mentioned him being a big risk, although at 62k, it's like, who cares? The way I sort of see it is that because he's 62k, you know, sports fans, Australians, we love a bit of hype, there's all this hype around the wild thing, so I do think people will flock to him, so... If they do flock to him at that price, which you know, I, I believe will probably happen, it almost becomes an antipod to go against Lance Morris for the double, and especially because we've got three teams on the double, um, an opportunity there. Uh, who do you like at the Scorchers, and what are your thoughts on Morris?
0: Yeah, sure thing. I can confirm that the flight from Sydney to Brisbane is pretty good. The timing is almost you know spot on to listen to an uh, episode of the SC playbook as well, almost <laughs> like from takeoff to landing. So I've done that before. Highly recommend um, I agree. I reckon the wild thing could be an antipod opportunity because there's a few flags there and I know he's getting better. There is that height. But when I had a quick look at him today, 13 matches for three wickets. That's not very impressive reading to me. And when I select my players, I'm kind of looking at previous BBL or short form. So when I saw that... Um, There has to be some sort of red flag there. And I've got a bit of salary left over, so I don't have to go the cheap option. So I'll probably try and go for someone a bit more well-established. I hope you're right with Ty there, Maxi. I think lots of players seem to be getting rest these days. He does perform a slightly unique role for them. I hope he doesn't get rested for the double. Um, Berendorf, you'd have to agree, is a prime candidate for rest at some sort of stage. Um, Turner... What I do like about Turner is that he started slow, but is starting to come good the last couple of games. And with the Perth batting lineup, I don't know if shaky's too strong, but it's not as good as it once was last night or not last night, but a couple of nights ago, it was a real captain's knock for him. And I think he's going to have to do that quite a few games in a row. he also, if one of their bowlers does go off injured, he loves finishing it over too. I've noticed that about Turner the last few years. Um, Agar agar if he rejoins seems that safe sort of selection i think he's only averaging in the 40s this year and he sort of i think when i looked only a day or so ago is the 47th highest average so it's not that impressive but he seems like a safe selection um hardy the one i've got hardy so i'll be holding and hoping that he comes back soon but i find it very hard to recommend trading him in when he's missed one game I think he left training early today, so there's a bit of a question mark. So I couldn't be bringing him in until I saw him. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The scorches are interesting because we know they're so good. I don't know if it's real or an overreaction that there might be a few restings or their form might be so good. So I kind of agree with Maxi that there's a bit of a question mark there, but I don't know how much to read into it.
2: Yeah, there so many question marks. There has been all season around the Scorchers lineup and I don't think anything's changed going into their next double. There's, there's moving cogs in that all over the place. So I went early on AJ Ty last week for, for his one or two points, was Thanks heaps for that, Maxi. Again, really appreciate the good advice, mate. Ty um, Richardson, as we said, I think he'll have to be – or not have to be, he'll be going out of my side. Uh, and then I, I do like Agar. He's just – you used the word safe, Tom Owen – He's scoring he's so safe in BBL, even if he's only averaging 40. I know that's not ideal. Uh, to me, it just means he's not a hold, but if you can go 40-40 in a double game where he can punch out 80 for me, not a bad result. So I like Agar and just really close watch on, on. I suppose, news around Aaron Hardy. He's a bloke that I can just see going bonkers one week, but uh, a lot and lot of question marks around all that. Boys, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW cover everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market to finding a better home loan rate to refinancing to let yourself fork out on A. Maxi, I'm going to throw to you, mate. What's your favorite cricket bat of all time that if you had Patty and George in your corner to refinance, uh, what bat would you be getting?
1: Well, growing up in and around Sydney, um, iconic knocks at the SCG were always hard to go past. And for me, it's the Michael Bevan Puma Miller champ which was oh, uh, stop it. absolute special. Look, um, was lucky enough to, to own one growing up as well. Um, didn't hit any last ball fours or um, many runs uh, for that matter. Um, but, gee, I felt safe with it in my hands um, and even really inspired me in the backyard, <laughs> even on my right handed to try and roll out those uh, left arm wrist spinners like he used to bowl. Um, my favourite cricketer by a mile growing up. So would absolutely love me a Miller Champ. That is uh, such a good call. What an iconic
2: cricket bat and – I tell you, because it is so iconic, I can't imagine they'd be in stock anymore. You'd have to get one probably mint condition in second hand. Uh, you'd really need to refinance to get it. So, Patty and George, you know where to go now. So you're in luck because you listen to this podcast, also because you listen to it, it'll save you 150 bucks on a free numbers consult when you use the special code SC Playbook. Contact the boys via Instagram at Patty and George Mortgage Choice, all one word, or an o29521. 1611. Doesn't matter where you are in Australia, uh, give them a buzz or a message and see what they can do for you. Fellas, moving on to our next team on the double. And it is that side that played last night, the Adelaide Strikers, coming into a bit of form. Maxi, I'm going to start with you because um, big movement in this squad with the returns of obviously Travis Head, Alex Carey. When are we? Rashid Khan is on the way out. Get rid of him if you've got him in your side. Just on Rashid Khan, what a, he hasn't, what's happened with him this season? In, <laughs> just it's just that classic, and I think it's it's great, probably defensive uh, techniques or or plan from a batting outfit. Just see him off. We know how good he is. We've seen him tear sides apart for years, uh, and sides have just seen him off. He hasn't been bad, I don't think, in terms of uh, the the way he's bowling. We know his super coach averages down, but unfortunately for super coach owners Tomo, the scoring. His form on field hasn't equated to Supercats scoring because of the lack of wickets. Mm,
0: too much banter, I reckon, with the batters. He should focus actually on delivering a
2: few more deliveries instead <laughs> yeah. of engaging. Look, as a pundit, that would be my advice. I know. So uh, Rashid is gone. Uh, hopefully we see him back next year, an absolute legend of the competition. Max, you mentioned those boats coming in. How does this lineup uh, look to you? When do we think Head and Kerry will come into the squad? And also, you've just had a... An article published on-site, predicted 11s for every team for the for the upcoming rounds, when players leave, players come back. It's an absolute belter of a yarn and an absolute must-read, in my opinion. Maxie, what have you got for us?
1: Well, look, as I said before, the test will end, um, you know, probably in a draw, probably rained out um, on the 8th, which is the Sunday, um, and Adelaide play... On the Tuesday um, at Adelaide Oval, again, short flight podcast recommended from the SE playbook for sure. Um, so I think the good people as well. Yeah. Well, look, I think that we'll we'll know 100% whether or not these guys are, are named because um, they don't have to name the squad until 24 hours, which will be on the Monday. So it'll be pretty clear. Um, I'd say hopefully before the start of the Hobart Melbourne Stars game in. Um, uh, round nine, which is the first game of the round, whether or not they're in. Um, if they are, I expect Head to come in at number three. Um, and I expect um, uh, that, well, here's the other thing I'll show and I just realised as well. Chris Lynn is here for longer than I thought. And I thought that Chris Lynn was going to be departing, um, but he's actually here for 11 games. So that means that I, I suspect that one of Carry um, uh, or Head will open with Matt Short um, and uh, Lynn, will, Lynn could be three, um, and, and the other will bat at number four. So it might make sense that Travis Head opens up the batting with Matt Short. Um, I don't think they'll want to move Chris Lynn from three just because he's been pretty instrumental there so far. Um, I don't think they'll want to upset the apple cart. Um, And it does mean that that Adam Hose, um, a.k.a. Adam Jose, um, if you remember the preseason pod, um, and uh, your boy Colin De Granholm will just be moving one spot down the order uh, each, uh, which isn't too bad given we've seen how much bowling that Colin um, has rolled out. The only kind of question on this will be does Travis Head come and steal any overs um, from anyone um, just given that he's he's a decent enough bowler. Um, we've seen fingerspin be pretty effective on Adelaide Oval. Matt Short was, again, pretty good last night. Paddy Dooley was amazing as well. Um, that'll be the changes. And, and look, this this strikers team—they don't need any runs. Like their batting has been exceptional. They've, they've been the best batting team by a mile. Um, it hasn't just been that short either this year. Um, they're getting contributions right across the board. I'm pretty sure Chris Lynn, if he's not the leading run scorer again, um, he's there or thereabouts. Hose has had a bunch of cameos. Even Colin, when he's when he's had the chance, has done really really well. Losing Rashid, it's it it is what it is. Um, the big, the big trap to avoid will don't be get, don't get Peter Siddle because we know that he's going to miss the first game. Um, that's already been flagged. Um, what impact this has for Thornton though, and um, my boy Wes Agar, um, is a really big one. And I think that if you have a look at the Thornton um, part of his. Uh, Devastation to start this tournament was his out-and-out pace. Um, he was amazing, um, really blowing people off the park, and they they had to attack someone in that um, bowling lineup, and they usually just chose the wrong bloke. And you know, he, blokes were just hitting balls straight up the chimney, easy catches for the keeper, and and, and things like that. I think he's been found out a little bit. Um, bowling in death and then surge hasn't been great for him. Um, His wickets have been down a tiny bit. Last night, I think, was his first game without any. Uh, And his economy has really gone to water. Um, You know, Stoinis got after him. Um, A few blokes got after him last night as well. Um, So, really, really interesting lineup. But I think the thing when I look at the double, finally getting to the point here as we like to ramble on here. (laughs) guys are playing at Adelaide Oval in game one where they just successfully chased down 229 runs. Um, and they're playing against the Melbourne Renegades who are going to be without their two best bowlers um, in Akeel, Hussain and Majib. Um So they're going to be essentially batting um, on an absolute belter of a deck against a couple of clubbies um, who, who are going to come in and replace them, which, which could be anything. Um, playing against the Melbourne Stars at the MCG as well could be absolutely anything just because you never know what the MCG is going to dish up. Um, but batters for me from the Adelaide Strikers, I think are prime, prime targets for this double game week.
2: Yeah, uh, good analysis there, mate. And to touching on, imagine having a side that's got Maddie Short-Opening just scored 100 not out. I think he, him and Linney, I, I believe, are pretty close to, I think they're one and two top-run scorers in the tournament. And then you have Travis Head and Alex Carey coming back into this side. Uh, and then you've got an absolute... Superstone Colin de Grandhome coming in at five. It's just, what a lineup. Um, Tomo, for you at the Strikers, who are the blokes you'll be looking at bringing into your side off the back of Max's input there? Just on my boy, CDG, Colin de Grandhome. Two games ago, 30 off 18, absolute hitting bombs. Comes out and doesn't bowl. I bowled one over, went for like 17, didn't get another go. The following game, last night's game, comes out, just rescues their ass. takes two wickets, bowling absolute, just mint. And you're thinking, all right, they're chasing 230. He has to get a good hit here. It's all coming together. I went off. I went in the early crow in the WhatsApp chat, SC Playbook subscribers. Uh, came on and he faced two balls because they chased it four down. He came in with about four overs to go and he couldn't get a bloody ball. Anyway, vent over. Tomo, give the people what they want. Who are your targets?
0: Sure thing. Look, everyone's got short, except as you alluded to early on the podcast, there are some. I think you have to bring him in for the double, especially when he's captaining and giving himself four overs. Like Mm. That was just fantastic to see. (laughs) I've already got Thornton. Hopefully there's a bounce back there. But if he didn't own, certainly there's some red flags there. Siddle missing means death overs are up for grabs. And um, look, they went the journey last night. They might go the journey again if you have their bowlers. Lynn is one that I'm warming to quite heavily. He's here for the double, as Maxie alluded to. His consistency this year has been pretty good. Maybe not the strike rate at times, but he has reached double figures, I think, in just about every innings. And the last two against the Hurricanes, both home and away, he's put it all together. He might want to leave um, on a good note before he goes overseas. So Lynn, especially with the batting deck getting a bit better, I'm firming to. And head, head and Carey. I think I'm only going off memory, but I think Gillespie had some comments and he was quite uncommittal whether they'd play the first game or not. But I think they're priced really, really nicely, aren't they? About 120 grand or so. So like that's just fantastic for players that are in form. Travis Head's been playing almost T20 style in the Test arena anyway, so he's all warmed up, ready to go. And the last one, look, I don't know, Timmy, if I've spent too much time around you, but Colin Grandholm. Yes. Look, I, I was looking at him and I thought, where is he sitting? Where is his average sitting? Let's have a little bit of a dig. So I think coming into the previous round, the 46th highest averaging player, so I was like, that doesn't really thrill me. But I was like, that's not going to help um, my mate Timmy. So I was like, Siddle out. Um, Some of the Adelaide bowlers, Conway, Wes Agar, Maxi, your boy, they can be expensive, I'm sorry to say. So I can see Colin, a little bit what he did last night, but coming in, filling some overs. Let's say over the double for you, Timmy, he picks up two for 30. And then when he bats, I'm thinking a quick fire sort of 30 off 20 in both games, a bit of a pod for you. As he continues to march up the rankings, and that's going to happen twice and around. So the forty six or whatever it was average was no no for me, but you never know. Yeah,
2: good to see you coming around, mate. You got a few wits about you, Tomo. <laughs> we've uh, this podcast loves an Adelaide Strikers superpod. Maxi obviously started the season with Henry Thornton as his superpod. Uh, the Spy claimed it as his own. Uh, Maxie then went on to Wes Agar, which is just seen him fall flat in his ass. I went Colin de Grandhomme, who's about to break a Supercoach single round record. Um, what about your Superpod to start the season? Could it finally be time for for Hector Harry Conway?
0: Uh, watching last night, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: God, boys, boys, and girls out there, listeners of the podcast, if you like fancy sport and punting, they've come together in the form of Draft Stars. Enter contests from as little as 50 cents, which is ridiculous, um, all the way up to the high roller contest if you want to play for a bit more money. There's jackpots of up to 50 grand plus. Uh, an SC Playbook listener sent through a contest the other day. They turned $2 into 250. In tonight's game, I like the look of Chris Jordan bowling death for the Sixers. $14,500 could tear through them with a few late wickets. Uh, if you are keen to play, guys, obviously we do want them to know that SC Playbook sent you. To do that, jump into the article on site holding the podcast or essentially nearly every article on our website. Uh, And there is a link there that you can click through to the sign up page, also a QR code you can scan. Guys, 18 plus only and gamble responsibly, most importantly. Fellas, one more. Have we got, have we done that? We've done two or three. We've got another double team, the Melbourne Stars. That's the one we're missing. Um, Geez, how much time do you want to spend on this? The the Stars, they've got the firepower, they've got the stars, but they just can't seem to put it together. Um, Maxie, you've done a good good job for us so far, so we'll stick with you for the time being. Uh, any impact in the next week coming? Any ins or outs of their side? Or how are they looking?
1: Uh, they're not majorly impacted um, in terms of the volume of players, but it will be a major impact in that they lose their best bowler. Um, Trent Bolt, uh, he will be leaving Um which really, really sucks because he's been he's been fun to watch. Um, seems to be the only one who's hitting sixes for them as well in the last few games, which is um, not ideal for your number ten. Um, usually means you've had a collapse, but um, hey, you know gets the viewers in. Um, and I think that um, uh, it, that just that just weakens their side even worse. Um, and it's not ideal for a team who's already dead last. Um, but you know they, they, I think there's a real chance that they become the, the, the whipping boys of the competition from this point on.
2: Maxie, one of the absolute mysteries that um, it's nearly sent poor old Tomo, Tomo with his weekly rap into a madhouse. It is trying to work out the roles of Marcus Stoinis and Bo Webster because they're such vital parts of, of Supercoats this season. The big story always is, but Bo Webster's been a revelation at times coming onto the double game week. And Stoinis is so important because... You know, he had that one good knock. There's been games where he's bowled four overs and he's become this great captaincy opportunity. Well, he appeared it. Can you make any sense of how volatile their roles are, obviously with the ball? The batting's pretty cemented, um, but bowling, it, it's all over the shop.
1: Look, if if I had to guess, and I think the guessing's all you can really do at this point, um, I would say that they, uh, they're getting more from Bo Webster than what they expected. Um, and I think that while... He was probably considered the band aid solution whilst Stoinis had COVID, um and you know then had his Christmas party and sort of had the had the week off. Um, I think that genuinely um, they're happier when he's got the ball in his hands, particularly playing at a at a ground like the MCG where he can bowl his off spin um, to the left handers. So um, Bo's pretty safe, and I think that like the the super weird thing as well is that he's getting death overs. Um, Consistently, like this bloke has bowled the twentieth over twice, um, and you know is, is bowled uh, other times bowled the eighteenth and nineteenth over, which is like, what's going? It's so weird. It's just, <laughs> like no one in their right mind could have ever predicted that. Like if, if you were talking about Bo Webster and told me that in the preseason, or like I would have you know deleted your phone number or something like that. Like it's just it's just huge. So I, I think with that in mind, Bo's like he's the best option because. Even though his batting isn't great, he's come off twice this year with a forty. He's hit a he's hit a seventy odd against the Sydney Sixers at the SCG was the only one to score runs, um, and he's bowling four overs and his economy rate's pretty good as it as it usually is easy to, to get at the MCG as a big ground because players just milk you instead of hitting sixes. So um, I think he's I think he's rusted on to bowl, um, particularly looking at the the venues for their double game week, which are um, Blundstone Arena down in his native Tasmania, probably knows every blade of grass on the ground, um, and then at the MCG versus Adelaide. So I, I think he's pretty safe to get at least seven of his eight overs out. Um, I, I can't really see a world where Stoynis is usurping him at this point unless they're absolutely desperate. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really add much more than that. It's just it's, it's been such a strange one to predict. I don't know if you can add anything else, Tomo. So
2: before we get to Tomo, uh, before we get to Tomo just quickly, Maxi. And I know you're you're not very high on the stars as a whole. Um, Aside from storing who we all pretty well own as it is, will any stars be coming into your team for the double?
1: The only ones that I think I've got, I've got two. Um, I've had Luke Wood since day one um, and been happy enough with him. He's averaging, I think, sort of 55 and had that one huge game against Perth when he was a pod. That was really nice. Um, Marcus Stoinis reluctantly got him and um, a big decision for me tonight as to those two or Nisa who I play in my final spot in my team. Um, NCN's got a sneaky good average um, and I don't mind sort of taking a a punt on him. Tim, you've had some success there in the past as well. And and apart from that, like you could look at Clark, um, you could look at Zampa. I think that the the beauty of having three teams on the double is that whoever you bring in, the percentage of who, who's doing so, it's not going to be that high just because there are so many options across the board. Um, but look, for me, I, I don't really want to look too hard at them. Um, there's a thought that maybe because Adelaide – sorry, because Hobart can't bowl, um, that their batters might have a day out down at Blundstone Arena. Um, but then on the return leg versus Adelaide at the MCG, like – Who knows what's going to happen on that ground? So, yeah, the really, really tough one. But Luke Wood, I think, is an interesting one. I know he's got a a peak to the interest of a a lot of playbook subscribers just because of his his availability availability in DPP. And the fact that he bowls death, um, chips away at wickets. He's he's a good honest toiler, um, probably good for at least 100 points in the double, I'd say. Um, So he'd be one I'd recommend.
2: Yeah, I mean we've seen these things in the past, haven't we? And I remember um, Max, are you putting your article up uh, late last season that we alluded to at times this season about just because the sides on the double it doesn't mean everything, and it is chasing teams with form. Who are the good sides? Who are the bad sides? And this season, from what we've seen, and uh, the Melbourne Stars have been a poor, underwhelming side of the competition, and they're about to lose their best bowler in Trent Bolt. So it does raise a lot of question marks. Tomo, anything to add regarding the roles there? Have you made any more sense of these things? And I suppose. Firstly, do you own any stars? You, I assume you've probably got uh, Stoinis, and will you be recruiting any stars for the double?
0: Yeah, no problem. Well, I do have Stoinis as it currently sits. Look, I watch the games like lots of us out there. I look at some highlights and replays. I look at the bowling cards, and it's still sort of clear as mud for me between the Stoyness and Webster breakdown. I guess looking at the whole tournament, I think Storinus has bowled about nine overs and Webster about 17, but coming in to before the game against the Sixers, so that would say a slight leaning to Webster. Look, Webster is the highest averaging stars player, so I think he comes under consideration, even though I traded him out a few rounds ago when I thought Stoyness would take over those overs. He comes back into consideration, heavy consideration for me. He's bat bowl eligible. He's definitely, well, not definitely, I think he's more likely to bowl than Stoinis, but who knows, they come out next game and stuff changes. Mm. Look, he, in a double game week, I was trying to think and rationalise it, he could come out potentially, and I want to stress that word potentially, he could come out and bowl eight overs, and bat at three, as Maxi alluded to, on some decks that could go all right. So he yeah. can also be a sneaky VC option for me if you're feeling a little bit quirky and a little bit, you know, different. You know, we are. I'm ranked in the 600s, so something a bit different is chucking a VC on him. Um, Wood, yeah, strange. That bat bowler eligibility for him is very strange. Trent Bolt looks like he can hold the bat better than Luke Wood. I hear all these people <laughs> in the media saying how he can strike at late in the innings. I'd like to see it sometime, please, if that's actually going to come to fruition. Um, Bolt's gone, so does that mean he's more important with his role or does that mean teams are just going to take it easy against him? I'm not so sure. Um, yeah, but he's certainly going to come under consideration, a bit like as we alluded to with Ashton Agar. He seems a safe sort of selection. Um, Clark piques my interest with perhaps the trend going with the batters. Um, I was going to say someone I've missed, but I didn't miss him in round one. I thought the value was with Jilks, and we all know how that um, turned out going, the value play at the wicketkeeper back in round one. He's slightly reduced, I think, in price compared to the start of the season. Plays against the Hurricanes. He batted pretty well against the Hurricanes in round one. Um, second season here, knows the conditions in the grounds a bit better, so Clark is someone high on my radar. The last one, Zampa. The price is pretty tasty because his price is very reasonable. He's hard to get away. He's economical, but the wickets just aren't there. He seems to, especially last game, his overs were delayed. So I'm wondering if that's a trend that's going to continue. Um, and I guess just the Zampa after what happened last game, to me, either oh, two things will happen. He will come out and want to put his absolute best showing and have an absolute storm or a, of a double or it could go the other way and things could go a bit poor. So I'm really interested to see how he responds, and I've got no idea what's going to happen.
1: So they're the stars that are on my radar at the moment. I'll just add on uh, Adam Zampa. We started the season, he was $86,000, and the reason was because he was bowling death and search because they didn't have anyone else. With Bolt departing, he's going to bowl himself death and surge because there's no one else. Yeah, so, good call. Um, sometimes while that works out for the best and, you know, blokes are skying, balls deluxe and there's catches in the field, um, I just don't know if it's best for our mate Adam. Um, so, yeah, just just proceed with caution.
2: Yeah. Um, fellas, let's get on to our round nine trades and skippers. Now, when we look at round nine from these teams on the double, the Melbourne Stars playing game one, so if you want to be v- a skipper on them, you should be doing that. Uh, I mean, they're your team for a VC. We then have after that the Strikers play game two, and then the Scorchers play game three. So more than likely, your skipper will come from there. Uh, I would suggest probably with the lineups we're seeing that your VC will come as an Adelaide Strikers player. And your skipper, probably a Scorchers player, although there is resting risk at the Scorchers. So do as you please. We are loaded with options. Uh, at this stage, we're a few days out, obviously, Maxi, from round nine. Uh, what are your trades and skippers looking like at this stage?
1: Trade outs at this stage will be Chris Jordan um, leaving the competition, so it makes sense. Um, I'll be saying farewell to Nathan Ellis. Um, reluctantly as the Hobart also have a double um, in a few rounds' time as well. And I don't mind sort of going early, but it just hasn't looked great. Um, To be honest, that sort of Thunder game two rounds ago was a bit of an exception. Uh, I'll also be getting rid of, um, and I might boost this round as well, um, either between Sean Abbott, Matthew Wade, um, and Caleb Jewell. Uh, it'll be it'll be one of those options. Um, I don't like holding bat only, so Wade and Jewel um, are the obvious options to get rid of. Um, but there's just something about Sabah um, that just doesn't seem right to me. Um, so I, I don't mind sort of farewelling him. Looking at the trade-ins, um, really like to look at Chris Lynn. Um, so I think I'm gonna take a bit of a punt um, on him. Uh, it couldn't be a punt because most people in Supercoach know his name pretty well. Um, but I just I love I love his form. I love his role. I love his temperament, and he's just really helping turn that club around. Um, Travis Head, if named, um, I think I'll take a punt on him and just own the entire strikers top three. Um, Bo Webster, I just I really like the role. I've liked owning him for most of the season so far. I sold him, happy to bring him back. And then for my fourth, it'll be probably a bit of a flyer. Um, And the two names I've written down so far are Henry Thornton, um, just because, you know, man crush did it for me earlier in the season, um, and Ashton Turner. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a theory at the moment. Middle order bats are doing probably better in, in Supercoach than they've ever done before. The surge is definitely a part of that, but weaker batting lineups is also a part of that. And the fact that there are question marks on the scorcher's top order, Action Turner's done it already about two or three times this season. Um, he won't be cheap. Um, But I don't think that a lot of people, um, a lot of serious coaches in the top 1% would go there and and could just be like a really, really nice pod. Um, He's even a chance at batting three as well um, within this lineup. So big, big watch there for me. And just a word of warning to any coaches before you're bringing in guys for the double game week, look at the next round and just make sure that you're happy with that matchup, particularly on guys who are bat only because um, going into a single game week in round 10 um, and back-to-back single game weeks in 11, if you've got heaps of batters and you don't have all-rounders, it's it's high-risk coaching. So. Um, that'll come into consideration for me. In terms of VC and C, Matty Short, VC, absolute no-brainer. I'm sure that'll be about 90% of the top uh, 5% of coaches. Um, and C will be whoever from um, Perth, I think is, is, is fit and named. Could be Andrew Ty. Tempted to just go straight C on Matt Short, knowing that two bites of the cherry, potentially eight overs and two sticks, that um, it, it, you know, he might come off in the second game, even if he doesn't in the first. Um, but you know, i know. I'll decide that on them. But, yeah, definitely looking at Matt Short for sure.
2: Triggered something with uh, Matty Wade and Ben McDermott. You mentioned you know a bit of worry about carrying them with the, the you know, high-risk, high-reward. The Hurricanes, the next two rounds, so it'll be round 10 and 11 play later on, so you can't really A-E loop them, uh, which makes them a bit risky. After that, they do play some earlier games, but uh, just the next two rounds after round nine in particular – you know, maybe K one of them, but carrying both of them could be a bit of a risk. So just be aware of that one. Uh, and really good shout, Maxi, on the looking forward to round 10, you'll be trading out a lot of sixes players. If you have a lot of sixes players and you might earn, uh, Luper Connolly, own Luper Connolly and Cam Green, numbers could be short very fast. So be aware of Absolutely. that one.
1: And the, the quick point just on the Hobart Hurricanes as well is I, I love their next couple of games. Um, even round nine, they've got the Melbourne Stars who suck um, down at Hobart. So like, they <laughs> could just do it again. Like, they could just have another really big one. We could be talking about a Ben McDermott century. So um, he's not going anywhere. Um, and then they play um, at Blundstone again versus Sydney Thunder, who, you know, if you can predict how they're going to go, then, um, you know, you're smarter than me. So as long as you don't have too many um, in your team, I think, for that uh, Optus game on round 11, um, which is Optus has been sort of pretty up and down, then um, then you're fine. But, yeah, just, just keep an eye on the draw. Yep.
2: Um, tomo your trade plans for
0: round nine? Yeah, sure. I'll go to them in a second. But I think Maxi Bray's the point. Just remind me about our favourite Looper, connolly from Perth. What chances or what big,
1: do we think chance.
0: could potentially play? And how's that going to impact some people in the next round or two? Just has me intrigued. Whether the talk in the media and from some
1: circles, if it's legit or a bit of um, hype because, yeah, that would have some huge, huge impacts for lots of people. Yeah, well, FAF's gone, um, so they're already down one bat. Um, Steve F. Kenanzi will come in. Um, maybe, that's, maybe I've got that the other way around, but they're, they're down one bat, so a new international will come in. He can't be that far away again. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if he was the um, replacement for, for Jai. Um, just helping them both um, bowl, but also extend that batting order a little bit at seven. So, um, Cooper owners, I hope you've got 180K uh, in the bank so you can reverse that trade back to Jai um, when, uh, when that team gets named. So, yeah, huge, huge watch.
2: Alternatively, imagine if Luper Connolly comes in and just averages like 150 in Supercoach and it's just this sensation. Who knows?
1: Absolutely, there's that. Could do the the old Joel Davies and get seventy points from fielding, <laughs> yeah. um, which was uh, which was amazing for your boys. By uh,
0: Tom, are your trades, mate? Yeah, sure thing. So as we alluded to earlier, there's some sixes that will go. Probably Abbott. Um, if I bring in Jordan or Dorchus as well this week, they'll go. I do. If the Hurricanes bowl is stinking up again, um, I will be tempted to get rid of them coming in i'm sort of i'm in two options if i go the more safe traditional option bring in some guys you know like your ties your wood some people that are score very you know nicely and safe or if this little trend of batters going nuts if i bring in more your clark um your chris lynn those sort of ones that will be high risk high reward so that's something that i've got to toss around the test guys, of course, if they're coming back, need to come high under my consideration, the Agars, carry and Head. And look, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, if Bo Webster um, is a sneaky VC option for those looking to be a bit different, I could bring him in and just whack the VC on him um, or potentially if I get a bit gun-shy on Clark. I like the call of Matty Short as a C option, um, rock solid. If he's going to bowl and he's going to bat, you'd have to say somewhere over the round he's going to do all right. And just if Perth choose to do some restings or, you know, I'm just a little bit nervous about what they're going to do with their lineup. So I'm sort of focusing the VC and C on Adelaide and Melbourne. And for some reason I'm going to avoid Perth, which seems madness now. I'm saying it out loud, but yeah, I'm just a bit wary.
2: Maxie, you mentioned the straight C on Maddie Short. Um, And I I mean, I, I suppose, I suppose you're saying, I mean, if you did that, you'd have to VC someone in that first game. Um, yeah. No, 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 yeah. scrap that. I was got, what I was going to say was what score would they would he have to get in that first game to make let's say you VC'd Maddie short, what score would he have to get that in the first game for you to stick with him for game two? Or would you just is the idea, no matter what he scores really, that you'll be banking on him coming good for game two?
1: Honestly, when it comes to Matt Short, the fact he's just scored 173 from a single game, I think he's already got a, another score of over 130 um, from the first game of the season as well. Um, I think anything over 10 I'd comfortably take as a, as a VC score because if he's getting less than 10, then that means he's probably injured, um, which would be almost the only thing stopping me um, from saying he's the, he's not capable of doing that. Like the, the bloke can score 100 with ease. We saw that up at the Gabba. I think where um he failed with the bat but took you know three for with the ball. Maybe it was against Perth. I I, I forget it which one it was. So he the, the guy just scores in so many different ways. It's it's unbelievable. So um yeah, he's he's a pretty safe bet. And the more I think about it, like maybe even like a VC Stoin or Clark in the first game could be the shout. And then just um settling with Matt Short. But the good thing is is that for Phillippe Holders, he'll be able to do a very easy um keeper loop. Uh, next week, um, and I imagine that he'll be a big captaincy option um, for, for people's VCs as well.
2: Yeah, for the Kuma Stallions, tr- going, oh, we trade boosting 100%. Uh, Hossein Rashid out, probably one of Wade or McDermott, and then unless he goes well this round, which he very well could, Josh Philippi out as well, coming in. Uh, I like the security of Ashton Agar if he's named for game one. I think I'm going to get on board everyone else at SC Playbook and, and jump on Henry Thornton. Uh, and then the next two trades are really just, they're very lineup dependent because of these internationals like Tomo touched on. Um, Head, Carey, you know, they've got to come into big consideration. Uh, I've actually got a trade left this round and, and I'll probably bite the bullet and, and just get Bo Webster in early. I did the same as you, Tom. to you, Tomo, and traded him out a couple of rounds ago after his flop. Uh, served me well so far, but I'm I'm happy to chop and change to get him back in. Uh, and There's obviously Luke Wood there, Aaron Hardy's one I'm super tempted by. So I think, provided he's named, I'd probably lock in Agar Thornton and then just two of the rest of them. A uh, few things to play out between now and then. My skippers, again, there's a lot. I was thinking VC, Maddie Short, uh, when I'd done my preparation for this podcast into a Scorchers player, but... Listening to you, boys. Seeing what he did last night, bowling four overs and tonning up, he's pretty hard to go past as a straight C. So a VC from that Stars game. And, again, let's, let's see what the Stars do in tonight's game and what happens with Webster and Stoinis because whoever gets more overs, I'm happy to give it to uh, with a leaning towards Stoin if, if he can get a couple of overs. But uh, we'll see from here. Boys. We will wrap that one up for our round nine podcast. We will be back next week at some stage. Uh, speaking of a few things to play out, got to work a few things out uh, over the course of the weekend. I'll be heading to the SCD test tomorrow if it's not rained out. Uh, but for around ten, eleven podcast next week, Maxi boy, thank you as always.
1: Pleasure, Timmy. Hope the uh, listeners enjoyed this one, and I'm off to eBay to try and find myself a Pimber <laughs>
2: Oh, champ. the Miller champ. Mate, Tomo, also thank you, and thank you finally for, for getting on the CDG, the Colin de Grand home bandwagon with me, kind of. No, no problems, mate. Look, I'm sending all the power
0: into the atmosphere for him to pull out an absolutely massive double round, and that's what's going to happen. So good luck when it happens.
2: Oh, Manifest it, mate. Thanks for tuning in, guys.